Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. We have many relationships in our lives. We may have friends, coworkers, a family, even a partner. A key factor in a healthy relationship is the idea of boundaries. But what exactly is a boundary? Well, today we discuss boundaries, what they are, and how we can build healthy, productive boundaries in our relationships. And with me, as always, is one of the most important people in my life. I have a relationship with her, a podcast relationship with her. It's none other than Jillian Power. Aww. How's it going today? <laughs> it's going good, Carl. Great. That's I'm, such a nice way to open. That absolutely. Well, it's funny because I think about, you know, our relationship, you know, I mean, it's built around the podcast. It's built around our work life. It's built around our friendships. But like any relationship, it could be a friend relationship. It could be a family relationship. There are boundaries in that relationship. So let's talk about boundaries. What What is a boundary? For me, I would say, first of all, boundaries. Here's the big selling point for me. <laughs> and this is why we should all pay attention to this podcast today or topic, I should say. Boundaries build healthy relationships, and self-respect. Okay, so that's what a boundary can do for you. So a boundary, in my eyes, is a set of rules that you expect yourself to live by or other people. But here's the catch. I don't feel you can control other people, obviously. <laughs> so it's all about how you react. So it's your actions. So first of all, for let's say... Uh, personal boundaries, so that's boundaries within myself. I am going to set up some rules or behaviors and how I want to act that kind of holds true to my values, okay, to help me live by my values. Now, my boundaries with other people, okay, so my personal boundaries with my friends or my relationships, those are going to be, once again, rules and behaviors that I want set up on how I think it's respectable behavior to deal with me and then if people don't I don't want to say if people don't live by them but if somebody's not living up to that boundary it's up to us as the individual to I don't want to say give a consequence but in a way it is so give the consequence to the individual sure. so whether that's walking away whether that's having a discussion or whether that's not allowing those actions or behaviors to happen in front of you. So a boundary in a way is like a set of mutual expectations where both parties are coming to the table and saying, hey, we both agree that these are the rules that we're going to play with in our day-to-day -day lives. And maybe they're not even going to always be mutual. My boundaries might be totally different than your boundaries, Carl. And as individuals, I think it's our responsibility to uphold them. It's only our responsibility. You can't get mad at somebody for reading, not reading your mind. Or maybe, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes or, you know, we're really caught up in our own heads. So if we act outside of each other's boundaries, it's up to the individual to stand up for that. Nice. So let's go through a couple examples of the way boundaries are broken. And of course, there's 500 different examples we can use, but I just want to run through a few of them just so that we can kind of get a clear mind, a clear set of expectations about what we're talking about. Right now, we're talking about the idea of a boundary. Well, let's run through some examples. You might have a, a partner in your life, and of course, you know, money is a big 
a big source of stress in some people's lives. So couples will sometimes disagree on how to spend money. That could be an example of the way a boundary is broken. Oh, I think that's probably an amazing example because I would say most people um, have, I, I want to say glitches or hiccups <laughs> when it comes to financial aspects and what the other person expects of the other or the spouse. So I think the first thing when we're talking about boundaries, we really need to make sure that we're being transparent and honest with it. So before even going into the example, I kind of want to say it's about having that conversation. So Carl, we go back to our friendship. We're very transparent about what we expect. Okay. So on it, like having an honest conversation, let's say for the podcast, we're doing it today, we're going to do two hours. So that's the kind of schedule that we're setting up. So it's up to each of us to bring that to the table. Well, this is what this entails for me. And you would give me the exact same. So if you're looking at a relationship, okay, that romantic or whatever relationship regarding finances, then I would say it's up to the individuals to bring to the table and have a conversation about what their boundaries are around money. So meaning... I'm not expecting my spouse to read my mind and anticipate what they want of me. I'm having an open conversation. It's interesting because we spoke in an earlier episode about the five love languages. And one of them was uh, like material possessions kind of, or, you know, spending money. And it's funny, I, I think, you know, and I know some couples that one of them will be very material oriented and one of them won't be. And if they're sharing a bank account or they're sharing finances, that can be a real, sor- a real source of stress because now one person is constantly buying flowers and takeout food and renting movies and going on a vacation to surprise, here's a vacation. And the other person's going, Sweating. whoa, yeah. I wasn't expecting to spend $1,500. Oh, but I love you. And this is why I've spent this money. And the other person's going, whoa, I don't really value this the same way. So not having that conversation in advance, that might be a boundary violation. Well, Even something like an amount of money you would spend every month as a couple. It's like, well, maybe a purchase over $500. We need to really consult each other before we do that. And see, it's setting up those rules of behavior in a way. So you you want to set each other up to succeed, not set each other up to get mad or disappointed with each other. Sure. So if financial, let's say me and you are in the relationship and I'm really tight on the money. I'm really nervous about the money. Then it's my responsibility to have that conversation with you and us to find a way that works for both of us. So maybe that's having the alternative account so that we all we both have our private and then private account and then having the mutual one where that's where we do joint expenses. Sure. And then you a hundred percent nailed it with setting up the boundaries around, okay, well maybe if it's above 500, that means we need to have a conversation before you can make that transaction on the joint account. Right. It's funny, you know, I'm a kind of a visual learner and in my mind when I hear boundaries and sets of rules, there's been times in my life where I'm driving down a stretch of road, might be on a highway or coming in and out of a city and you don't quite know what the speed limit is and it's not posted anywhere. And you don't know if you're supposed to be going 80 or Freaks 50. Me out. <laughs> and it's frustrating, right? You're like, how fast am I supposed to go? It's the same thing in a relationship. It's like, well, how much is too much before the other person goes, whoa, whoa. It's like, well, I need to know what those limits are so that we can work within the confines of those rules. But that's perfect because it's all about not reading the other's mind. And guys, the common thread through 
all of the podcasts and I think all of the ones to come for us. It's all about communication. You need to have that conversation with each other. You can never expect somebody to uphold a behavior without talking to them first. Like you're setting yourself up to be disappointed and for the other person to fail. So it's all about that conversation. Totally. A couple other ways that uh, boundaries are broken. Um, some people have different levels of tolerance on language, for example. So for uh, for swearing or using vulgar jokes or using racist or sexist language. That can be one that pops up. And it doesn't just necessarily need to be for a spousal relationship. It could be for coworkers. It could be for friends. It could be for your social circle or even your family. So I think when it comes to stuff like that, which we all have them, we all, and I think a way to acknowledge that maybe your the boundary is being crossed is you'll get that awkward feeling. You'll get that like, I don't want to say anxious, but in a way anxious and something's not sitting right in your stomach. Like you, you know, you're not comfortable anymore. So I think in those situations, you need to have your list of things that you do, whether it's verbally communicating to the other individual, Hey, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this type of language or uh, this conversation or whether it's maybe setting up that boundary before because you've, you've noticed a, tr a, th a trend with them. Uh, so you want to set up to say, hey, if you talk about that, I, I don't want to be around it, so I am going to have to leave. And then it's about you, the individual, making sure that boundary is uh, sustained. And if it's not, that's up to you to walk away. It's that's not up to point. the individual to know your boundaries. It's up to you to uphold those boundaries. Yeah, that's a good point. You're not threatening the other person that, that they must change. You're saying, this is what's important to me. Please respect it. And if they choose not to, then again, you only have control over yourself. So you may choose whatever the consequence may be. You might leave. You might escalate. It might be whatever the, the consequence may be. Yeah, and I think the thing you have to always remember is those are your values. You can't make everybody have the same set of values of, as you. We're all different. We grew up different. We had different experiences. We hold different importance on different aspects of our life. So it's up to us, the individual, to exactly. You have to set up that healthy boundary and be able to deal with that when it goes awry. And another big example here that I'm going to bring up, it's a hot topic for many of our listeners, I'm sure. The idea that you're sitting home by yourself, maybe you're watching TV and all of a sudden the pop-in visit. Somebody shows up without making an appointment or sometimes they phone and they expect that you must answer the phone. So the idea of the pop-in visit, how does that make you feel? Uh, anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scheduler, so I'm not... <laughs> You know, like obviously sometimes people need stuff. So I think that goes back to your own set of values and what you find important. But if you've had that conversation with an individual and you've set up those restrictions, then it's about upholding them for you. So you have to have that conversation. Maybe if somebody comes to your doorstep in devastation, you know, who knows? There's a billion different scenarios here that I'm sure we would maybe bend it a little bit, but you always have to make sure at the end of the day, you're good with that outcome. So if somebody's continuously popping by, maybe a relative lives down the road or a friend or old friend or a friend for a long time, and they continuously just, oh, I seen the car, so I decided to pop in. 
if that's not working with you, it once again, guys, it's all on us, the individuals. It's up to us to uphold that. It's up to us to have that conversation. Hey, next time you pop by, I really need the heads up. Can you call me before you come in? You cannot expect somebody to know what's in your head. For somebody else, that might be acceptable behavior. Maybe they're actually hoping that their friends will just pop on by for a friendly visit. So if that's not copacetic for you or working for you, it's up to you to say that it's not and have that conversation. I always think of boundary setting as that means the relationship is worth something to you. Okay, so it's you care enough about it that you want to set both of you up to succeed. So you're being transparent with the individual to say, this is what I'm expecting. If we cannot do this, then this is the outcome that I will have to take. It can be, I think, stressful uh, and a source of anxiety for people even just picturing themselves having that conversation with someone else. Not so much maybe when the boundary is violated, but even discussing the ideas of boundaries, saying to a family member, you know what, you know, you're here now, we're having dinner, but I got to tell you, you know, there's been a lot of pop-ins and I got to be honest with you, it's not really sitting well with me. I'd like to explain to you why it's important to me that I get a heads up in advance. Awkward. Yeah, it can be a source of stress for sure. But it can be. So here's the thing. This is the bubble we want to pop it can be, and we'll have, you know, a whole different topic on having those difficult conversations. You know, I think we should, you know, we'll sit down and I think it's one in one of the upcoming ones at least and talk about how to have those difficult conversations with people we love or people we care about. But I think we, it's in our frame of mind. So we have to condition ourselves by telling each other our boundaries or what's important to us or how we need people to act and what we will do if it's not upheld, that's being transparent. That's being honest. So think of that as a positive. I'm sharing a piece of myself with you. I'm choosing to be honest and transparent. Because think of some past relationships that you might have had that you don't have any longer because you got sick of a certain behavior or you felt disrespected. But I would ask you, did you have a conversation before you cut the cord? And I think sometimes we build it up to be, it's so awkward that we make it into this big, scary, negative thing and we walk away. We walk away from what could be maybe a beautiful relationship or what could be a relationship that maybe has met its timeline. We don't know. That's the thing. So I think everything has to do with having that open and transparent conversation. And that's a really important piece. So quick recap here on what we've talked about so far. Boundaries are important because in a healthy relationship, partners show respect and gratitude. They ask permission and take the other person's feelings into account. Remember, we can't read each other's minds. And we don't create boundaries for others. We create them for ourselves. And I think this really wraps back into the idea that as an adult, we don't have to apologize for what we want. We have the power to say no. Uh, We do. (laughs) And I think it was just so beautifully said that you mentioned how it's not about the other person's actions. It's about what we decide the consequences are and upholding them. That's the important piece. 
Because once again, guys, just reiterating for the 16th time, it's not about that person's reaction. It's not about their actions or them anticipating what you want them or how you want them to behave. It's about you setting that line and you upholding it. So you deciding what that consequence is going to look like and having the self-respect for yourself to follow through. So we're going to end this podcast by building better boundaries. We're going to come up with some ways here. We're going to discuss ways to build better boundaries. And the first one we have, the first tip we have is to do some introspection. So ask yourself, what is important to you? What would you like to see the boundary be? And why is it important to you? And I think it's important for us to, to know this so that we can explain this to our other friend or family or loved one. And we can say, hey, not only is this, the, this is the boundary, but here's why the boundary exists. It's important to me for these reasons. Well, it's a self-awareness piece. So two things, actually. It's self-awareness. So knowing yourself, knowing why that is important to you. So knowing what value that kindness stems from. Why is that behavior important for you to have in a functioning relationship? So the self-awareness. And then I think the other piece is it's the vulnerability piece. It's you're my friend and I'm going to be honest, vulnerable, transparent enough to tell you what that is for me or why that action aggravates me or, or why it flips in me. So having that, and I guess it goes in my eyes, it's a real connection. It's a real honest relationship when you can tell another individual why that pisses you off. And I like the idea. I really like the idea that you would say to somebody, I respect you too much to lie to you or to avoid you. Mm -hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather show you the respect by giving you honest feedback about what's important to me. And I think in my eyes, and I can only say what it is for me, I think that is the most beautiful thing that you can bring to any relationship is that transparency, you know, that both of you are on the same page and both of you are being real and vulnerable and scared that it might spark a conflict, but you're willing to show up and, and be the genuine self that you are. I think that's a beautiful thing that us as individuals can bring to every relationship. So let's remember, don't keep boundaries a secret. Discuss those boundaries and why it's important to you. That leads us into the next tip, which is if you're going to be receiving the boundaries discussion, so the, let's flip it now and pretend like the other person's discussing it with you. Listen with an open mind to the other person. Respect what is important to them. And I think that's an interesting way to look at it because we're, ta we're spending a lot of time talking about, about telling people what our boundaries are, but we also need to be prepared that someday someone might have that conversation with us as a recipient. Yeah, and think of, I, I, I always go to, think of how awkward it is for you to have that conversation and allow that empathy. So allow that acknowledgement of, wow, first of all, I know it's really hard to bring up something like this. So setting the tone to make it more welcoming. I appreciate you bringing this information to me. I appreciate you caring enough about our relationship that you're willing to show up and 
feel a little bit uncomfortable so that we can continue to have that high functioning relationship. It's a good point. I think it really sets the tone in a conversation. If you hear some feedback and your gut reaction might be to cringe and go, man, they're telling me that I maybe I'm, I'm at a risk of crossing a boundary. It's a nice feature to, uh, to thank them, to say, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. Like right out of the gate, say, you know what? That took courage to tell me. And I appreciate that. And they can have a discussion in, in earnest on that. And it's tying so neatly to the self-awareness piece, because remember that as the person who's being approached by the other like spouse or friend or whatever it is, having that conversation, remembering that when they're having like setting their boundaries or telling you what's flipping for them or what's not working for them, know that your reaction is probably your first reaction. I should say is because we're animals. We want to be defensive. So if you can acknowledge that in your head, Oh wait, my, my first reaction here is I want to defend. I want to say I'm right. Uh, here's the list of why, like, you know, that's a natural reaction to go, ah, I know that's my natural reaction. So wait a second, let that guard down. They're not attacking me. We're just having a conversation that can help build. So that goes to both parties, the person who's approaching and the person who's receiving the information to just keep it opened, right? You know, I think that's going to play an important role. Absolutely. Another tip we've got is that, remember, vague boundaries do not work. So let's try to be specific. So for example, you may have an amount of money that is acceptable for both of you to spend without worrying about what the other person says. But you might have an amount like say $500 or $400 that if you exceed that amount, you'd want the other person's input on so that you're not going to be blindsided. Now we're just using that as a money example, but it could extend to other areas of your life as well. It could be like time. Maybe um, we set aside amount of time to be together as a relationship or as a friendship. Maybe it's one day a month or maybe it's one day a week. I don't know. But having that dedicated set time and communicating that back and forth to each other. So yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be money, but it's naming it. So I think it's really important, like you said, to be specific and be descriptive. Say what it is, because if I say quality time together, you might Carl be okay so that means an hour of time but that's maybe not what I had in my head so I think it's really important to be really descriptive with what that is defined or how that is defined by you I like that a lot absolutely so let's remember too you can only control what you do not what your partner does so if a boundary is broken you can only control what you do so we need to follow through on the consequence part and this might be in effect the most difficult part of the whole piece of boundary work difficult but most effective and most in, i would say most important part of boundaries because we can have all these ideas in our head of how people should treat us or how our uh, functioning relationships should be, but it's only up to us to uphold those. So if we're talking about, let's say, prime example, uh, people in relationships, maybe they feel like they are keep getting with that deadbeat or the person who's not treating them well or the person who's continuously taking from them and draining from them. Well, yes, that person is being not so nice or taking advantage of the other individual, but wait a second, the 
other person in that relationship needs to stand up for themselves, needs to set those appropriate boundaries, and needs to have the actions when those boundaries are not being met. So, for example, um, an important piece would be showing up when we have plans, okay, making sure. Now, if that person's never showing up and we're still setting plans, wait a second here. Like, you're allowing them to walk over you. So that's why I think the upholding the boundaries and making sure there's you're sticking with those consequences, it is the essential piece because we tell people how we want to be treated. It's a great point you bring up about people showing up on time. There's a friend of mine that I was having a discussion with pretty recently, and he has recently joined a company, and the culture there is such that nobody ever shows up to a meeting on time, ever. And he uh, was running a meeting recently, and he said, at the, at the meeting that everyone showed up too late. He said, you know, the expectation going forward is that the meeting, if I say the meeting starts at two, the meeting starts at two. So sure enough, the next meeting was at two and at five minutes to two, nobody's there. One minute to two, nobody's there at two o'clock. A few people show up. Well, he shut the doors and he locked the doors Love. into the boardroom. I don't know why the boardroom had locks on them, but I think it was an industrial plant. Anyway, he locked the doors to the room. So people were trying to get in and uh, they're knocking on the door and he opened the door and he said, no, you're excused like you'll come to the next meeting and he just shut the door on them. and I thought bold, but he wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't a threat. He was saying the meeting starts at two act appropriately. That's and, the boundary, but he's setting it up. So I think the hard part comes is when you blindside people. So maybe he didn't say how it important, how important it would be to show up to that meeting on time. Okay. He didn't have the conversation and people came in five minutes late and the door was locked maybe that's not really meeting it. But the fact that he brought it up, he said, wait a second, guys, this is an issue. My expectation here is that you will show up. And like we've said throughout this podcast episode, we cannot control other people's actions. So by locking the door, he's physically limiting them from coming in and intruding. Because, guys, let's all go in this man's shoes for a second. Sorry, I'm assuming it's a man. Yeah, no, you said yeah, he. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's all go in their shoes for a second. And you're in a meeting. First of all, that is one of the most frustrating things for me ever is when people keep coming in and out because it throws you off a little bit as a facilitator. You're distracted. And not only are you distracted, everybody within that room is also distracted. So it's derailing your meeting, essentially. So by locking that door, you're physically stopping that distraction. So I would say kudos, man. <laughs> I, I love it. That is a proper boundary and a proper consequence it was in a my bold, eyes. It was a bold power play on his behalf. And I think it, you know, and we can do this in our lives as well. We don't need to be, quote unquote, you know, jerks about it, or we don't need to be mean about it. But I do think that sticking to our guns a little bit, I think that we need to have the courage to do that, to say, you know what, that if... If we have plans and somebody doesn't show up, we're going to move on with our life. It's not necessarily that you're never going to speak to this person again. But if the person says, well, I can't believe you didn't wait for me. And it's going to, you, you, on to some level, we need to be comfortable with saying to them, well, hold on a second. The expectation was we were going to be here. And I got to be honest, you're always late or very often you're running behind. That's not going to work for me. So we need to come up with a way that it will work better. And I'm not your parent. So... The time will be at two. I'm showing up at two. Figure it out on your end, and hopefully you can be there for two. But if not, 
I'm moving on. The door's locked. And see, I yeah, I think it's just being respectful. You're setting a tone and you're asking people to meet it. And if they can't, then that's okay. He didn't like berate the individuals or, or make nope. a fool of them in front nope, of anybody else. He simply made the reaction to be like, nope, this is not happening and this is how I'm preventing that. Right. So it's like um, the person who's always late you know, like in a relationship or sure. like in the friendship and saying like, no, you weren't actually here at two. I'm, I'm leaving at 10 after that is my, that is the consequence for me. I am not going to sit down and seed, <laughs> like get, uh, let's say to a point that I need to blow up. No, it's about me having those healthy boundaries and sticking with them so that I can prevent those situations so that I'm not going to be reactionary and start yelling at people in a meeting room saying, you're late. Now we have to have this big conversation about respect and what it is and, you know, make a huge deal out of it. I think by having, and that's where I would go back to how we talked about how, how it's awkward. Okay. Having to have that conversation and set those boundaries but I'm going to ask you this. How awkward would it be for you to keep suppressing it and blow up? And the other person might not have a clue that you were even bothered by the whole situation. So if you're blowing up in situations, I would ask you what your boundaries are and have you set them accordingly with the people in your life? That's great advice. It's a great, it is a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> so remember... Boundaries are for you. They're not for other people. They're not threats. They're a set of standards that you have for yourself. And I love the idea of you wrapping it back and saying, you know what? It's okay for us to be a little bit selfish. It's okay for us to ask ourselves, what do we want and not apologize for it? We can have a set of standards in our place that works for our lives because ultimately that's who we need to answer to is ourselves. Oh, love it. And we're the only ones that can uphold them and can really share them with everybody else. Remember guys, as much as we all want to be those mind readers, we are not. So give people the same respect that you're asking for them to give you. Okay. So if you have a boundary in your head, have that conversation with the people around you. They're around you for a reason. Okay. They're not going to flight just because you have maybe a different set of values or that you're expecting, you know, a certain, behavior to be upheld in your relationship think of it as caring okay like sharing is caring share the information with each other I always go back to like a kid in a candy store if you tell the kid to not eat the candy or you're leaving the store but you never ever leave the store and they keep eating the candy that's on you <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode on boundaries. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes or if you'd like to go through our archives, well, we encourage you to go to our Facebook page. It's called Power Yourself. You can like us. You can follow us. You can ask a question or leave a comment. We encourage you to get involved. We have another platform as well. You can go to iTunes and leave a review. That would mean the world to us if you could go on iTunes, leave a review, rate the podcast. It would be so wonderful to hear from you. So until next time, I'm Carl. And I'm Jillian. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.